All right, we are live with a not-so-instant reaction podcast here. Uh, we're recording at halftime of uh, the Sunday night football game. Lots of stuff going on, playoff implications galore. Patriots get a win today in their final home game on New Year's Day um, against the Miami Dolphins, 23-21. They just barely held on at the end. Uh, and look, they're alive. They're still alive. And so it's like as as much as we can complain about it, as much as we can say we we hate the way things are going right now, Every single game this season has mattered. Uh, and I think playing, you know, having something to play for in week 18 is a good thing. Yeah. Did you see uh, the report on uh, Jabril Peppers in the locker room after the game? No. Apparently he was running around the locker room yelling, we're still alive. We're still alive. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> I love him, man. He's uh, He was cracking skulls today, too, which it's – yeah, I'm not surprised he gets flagged as much as he does for the way he flies around and hits people. But he looked like he was going to be out after the um, yeah. <clears throat> fumble. Uh, he looked I can't believe that dude. on that play, I, I, and then he came back and cracked Teddy Bridgewater a couple plays later, just laid into him. I love watching Pepper so much, man. I, I love watching him so much. And and the thing, so the, the fumble, I didn't realize until afterwards because I'm at the game. They do a horrible job showing replays of the game. I didn't see it until afterwards, and I'm like, "Are you kidding me? Like that was in it's what? So bad. In what universe is that considered not now? Now, uh, Gene Steratore is on Twitter and posts that they could have reviewed it, and I'm like, "Bro, yeah. like, what are you talking about? They could have reviewed it by no, rule so they, if they, they could say, have. They could have because what they can review." is if, like, the ball, I think, was out earlier than the ref saw or some some weird thing like that is, I think, how it went. So, like, usually that's something that isn't reviewable. And they what they can't do is review when, like, forward progress was called. Like they can't say, oh, that actually wasn't forward progress. But I think they can review to see if the ball was out earlier than the refs thought it was or something along those lines. Yeah, but, which but is, if, they, if they, they say it's forward progress, they say it's forward progress. I don't... Like what I don't understand well, is that you know, and I guess what the the argument that it, he was making is that the hit happened and they fumbled like as the hit happened. I guess. Yeah, but it's, that's it. I don't it, know. It, it has to do with the timing of the ball coming out and not whether or not his forward progress was stopped because you can't like right. double check. Yeah, which I think is one of the reasons Bill was so mad because when they showed it, the the fab on it, looking at it, I think they told Bill you can't challenge it, and they right. came back and said. Actually, you could have, and that's Correct. why he was losing his mind because he had the challenge flag out, like he right. wanted to, and yeah, thankfully that didn't end up mattering at all because Pat's Correct. got the ball and scored on that drive. But like, if if from what happened with Ramondre Stevenson, yes, like that's just it's unbelievable. Yeah. That's <laughs> that one of those is a fumble, and one of them isn't. Right, that's the stuff for me where it's like Ramondre's getting driven back four yards. And I know he's still fighting, but like, you don't blow the whistle on that, but then you blow it's just, oh, it just leaves like yeah. a bad taste in your mouth. Yeah. If one of those isn't, if, if Ramondre is not forward progress and there's no shot, the other one is. And I think we all look at those plays and see one of these is kind of bang, bang and 50 50. And the other one is an obvious fumble. So, right. exactly. Yeah. Which, um, yeah, I'm glad that did not come back to haunt the team. They forced as many turnovers as I think we all thought they could anyway with that quarterback situation in Miami. Right. And that's, I will say this about the Patriots defense. 
I know this team gets a lot of crap in general right now for the issues that it has had and its inability to beat good teams. But there's a lot of teams in the NFL that can't beat backup quarterbacks. They cannot do it consistently. This team has really done it all year long. And that's yeah. kind of the, the hallmark of the Bill Belichick thing. Like they meant now the Patriots may not play well, play with the best teams, but if you come out and play a bad game, they're going to beat you. And most of the time they've done that this year still. And they had, look at the secondary they had today. Look at the secondary they had against those weapons and they stifled that offense yeah. basically all game long. That is an incredible thing. And I've seen some people talking about like whether or not Bill should be on the hot seat this offseason. I'm sorry, but look at the way the defense played today and look at the people they had out there. And that's that's a credit to him. That's a credit to his son on the defensive staff. That's a credit to Gerard Mayo, who I think we should all be worried about potentially leaving. Correct. Yes. Right. Well, that's and, you know, like secondary is one injury away from putting cheerleaders out there. I'll tell you who they weren't putting out there was Sean Wade. Uh, Sean Wade sucks. He just stinks. He's not good. And I think that they know that. And they just said, all right, we're done. We're done here. It's fine. You played last week. You stink. We we know it that we know that you stink. Like you're done. See you later. Thanks for coming yeah, out. That's, that's, you know, I mean, he's yeah. getting, you know, you're talking about Jalen Mills doesn't play. Marcus Jones doesn't play. Jack Jones doesn't play. You're down three of your top four cornerbacks. Mm-hmm. And Sean Wayne still can't get on the field. Two guys that got signed to the practice squad from from the street, just two street free agents get get you know playing time over him. Quandre mostly is a guy too who's I think this is our, he's an undrafted free agent. This is already his fourth team, I believe. It's either his third or his fourth team. Yeah, and he's I looked up I was looking him up before the game because I didn't know anything about him. Did you know he's like six foot two and ran a four three forty? He's like a physical freak. Yeah, yeah, which tells me. If he's that much of a physical freak and he can't stick with a team, was not talked about in the draft, his technique must be horrible. So yes. uh, hopefully I, – I'm I, intrigued that they have him out there. Maybe they can coach him up. But, yeah, this is – I was all in on the Sean Wade. Guy. What was that? Maybe he's going to be a special teams guy. No, I could see that. But, yeah, I think this all but ends the Sean Wade experiment. Right. I, the only the only thing I could possibly say on that is that he is not the best athlete, and they may view Wade as, like, a technical guy, and they wanted the fast guys out there just because of the speed that Miami brings. But still, that's 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 an argument that doesn't come close to convincing me, and I'm the one making it. So They had, my, they had Miles Bryant out there. So, like, you yeah. know, I mean. And Miles Bryant, who I don't know if he played a good game, but he didn't play a bad one. Well, I'll tell you what, he, you know, he gave up. He got beat to the outside on the Tyreek Hill touchdown. I mean, like, it's Tyreek Hill. You know, like, what are you going to do? He had a really nice play um, on the sideline where he pushed the guy out of bounds. Um, and I don't know who the receiver was for Miami, but it wasn't one of the two big guys. I'm not sure who it was. But either way, it doesn't matter. Um, but it's one of those things where I look at it and just think, like, yeah, he was good. He was fine. He was fine. I, I wasn't yeah. like pissed off that he was there. It sucks because you wanted to see, I wanted to see Marcus Jones against Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. What blows my mind. And I look, you know, I know Mike McDaniel is a good coach and offense and blah, 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 and whatever. But like, how the hell does Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle end the game with five receptions or no seven receptions? How is that even possible? Yeah. Like I, I just, it's that's insanity to me. I would have been that's... throwing at them on every single play and i know they're probably getting double teamed and they're getting back they were running plays without the two of them on the field i'm like what are you doing yeah that that didn't make any sense to me and it's like especially against the patriots right and with the patriots offenses looked like go screen heavy just 
just get it outside the numbers as fast as possible. Teddy Bridgewater is your quarterback and you chain Barmore and Judon out there and just get it to him in space. I didn't, I will say this. I, I really liked the coaching hire that Miami brought in. Yeah. I liked Mike McDaniel and I didn't, didn't dislike Brian Flores or anything, but when you go through, like he ran through coaches there, there was like a new coach every year on offense. He couldn't decide the quarterback position. That team was super streaky. So I got the reasoning that you're going to move on to somebody else. Um, although obviously there's plenty of other questions about why they moved on there, but I think yeah. there are some legit on field things, but Miami team doesn't really look be- that much better than last they was last year, other than the addition of Hill. But they look they look like that same team with one other player. Like there's right. nothing they play differently. But I'm not convinced the Dolphins are all that good. Who have they beaten? Their best right. wins came in like weeks one and two or two and three or whatever. Yeah, it was a week three. They were they were showering. I think Patrick Pass tweeted something out about like <laughs> they'll they'll always have week three where they're giving him the uh, the uh, the Gatorade bath. Like they, yeah, they shredded bad defenses. Cool. Now do it against the good ones. And right. the defense is really, really bad. That's Josh Boyer down there as the defensive coordinator, the old New England defensive backs coach, who has, I don't think, done a very good job. Yeah. He didn't do a great job here when he was here as the D backs coach. But well, he did, he did well enough to, uh, what do you call it, to get yeah. hired there. That's true. But, That's true. So, yeah, um, so much he can do when they're drafting those guys in the second round. That's very true. That's very true. Um, Today was also the championship game for fantasy football owners. And um, Justin Jefferson, uh, yeah, put up a big two, which was great. Um, that was great. Great. So one of my teams had Jefferson on it, which was awesome. They, that team's going to lose. Um, and, you know, I mean, it's what's funny is that, and it, you know, it happens every year, but it's like this is the stuff where, like, one of my teams is playing for third place. Guess who wasn't in my starting lineup? Mike Evans, because why would he be? He's been terrible all year long. He has 200 yards receiving and three touchdowns. Okay, great. That's awesome. Tom Brady, nobody. I mean, I guess you probably started Tom Brady, I guess. But, like, he's he's stunk, you know? Oh, dark blue gold played Evans. Let's go. That's a big one. Big moves. That's a, that's a wild move. I played Garrett Wilson over uh, over him. Garrett Wilson, three points. I but, did not, Tim. I didn't play anybody. I did not. Out of fantasy now. I was in. I was in two championships and one third place game. So luckily, my third place game, I had Devontae Adams. That helped me out. Uh, who was just an absolute freak, just an absolute freak. Um, and one of them I'm going to lose, and one of them I'm going to win. So yeah, you know, you take the go with the bad. But but it's it is funny to see those guys, and you're like, man, like this guy's been performing all year long. Justin Jefferson has been averaging like 120 yards receiving every game, and he gets one catch for 15 yards and you're like what are you doing minnesota they just you knew that this was coming from them at some point i mean they've gotten blown out in a few games but you knew that this at some point was coming like they have 11 one score victories like it just at some point that bubble was going to burst and it burst big time today against the packers they got absolutely lambasted by the packers so now and, the Packers, you know packers have a that's a very interesting nfc seven right. seed situation because oh i think it's yeah. Oh, well, Green Bay's in with a win. Detroit's in with a win and a Seattle loss. Seattle's right. in with a win and a, Detroit, and a Green Bay loss. Yeah. Yes. Yep. So I'm curious to see how that shakes out. And depending on which one of those teams and who ends up being the two seed there, I think you could end up with a very interesting situation. Um, 
especially if it's like a Seattle San Fran game, you get the in division one there. You could get Vikings Packers again. I think, I think the right. Vikings are still alive for the two seed and yep. weird, uh, weird stuff going on in the NFC. It's I, wild. And- I would not count out the seven seed out of whatever matchup ends up coming out. Of no. Well, and, and you look at Philly too and Philly, you know, who now when's Jalen hurts going to come back, is he going to come back next week? Is he going to, you know, like no one really knows. Um, we're very close to a situation right now where if the Eagles lose next week and the Cowboys win, then it's Philly going to Tampa in the first round of the playoffs, which is what happened last year. Right. And right. I mean, obviously Tampa is not very good this year, but also they won that last year. And Correct. if depending on what Jalen hurts, we get, and it could be a team kind of not in the best of spirits after assuming they were going to have the one seed in the bye locked up and kind of coming down to earth like this. And, I put it this way. I don't want to play. I would never want to play a road game and a Tom Brady led team ever in the playoffs. No, no, absolutely not. So you would think you would think now if I'm, if I'm the, the Eagles, I believe they're playing the giants next week. Jalen hurts has to play next week. He has to play next week Mm -hmm. because you get the bye week the next week if you win. And if you don't win, you might end up as the five seed and you can't have that. And the Giants have nothing to play for. I Correct. Well, they might have seeding. Are they locked into a seed? Um, I yeah, they must be locked into the six. They have to be locked into the six because um, they're not going to get the five. That's for sure. Can my only question is, can they fall to the seven? Uh, I think it's possible. I think it's let possible. Me, let me, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna talk about around a little bit here in the no, because they have the tie. They oh, have yeah. that one tie. They already have yeah, nine think, wins, right? Yeah, so there's yeah, no shot. There's no shot. I think no they're shot. locked in, so Philly should win that anyway. But yeah, I'm I don't sure think they would love to win that. I'm sure they would love to knock Philly out. Oh, yeah, because even if the Packers get nine wins, they'll have eight losses, whereas mm-hmm. whereas the Giants would only have seven. So they, they guaranteed the six seed. So yeah. it's interesting. I mean, it is going to be interesting to see what happens over there. But uh, all right, let's save that. Let's save that, and, and let's just quickly on this game because there are more stuff in this game. One of the things that I think to look out for is Ramondre Stevenson. And I don't know what is going on. I, I don't know what it is. Maybe he's just exhausted from overuse. I don't know. But consistently now over the last weeks, he's missing blocking assignments on blitzes consistently. Mm-hmm. He has, he like, he's had a few good runs, but like for the most part, there's really been nothing there. Um, you know, the passing game, he hasn't looked great in the passing game. He's dropped some passes. Like he just, I don't know, man, I don't know what's going on, but he was, he was the best player in the offense and he has not been that the last two weeks. Um, you know, and and then obviously you add in the fumble at the end of last week and it's like, man, he's been killing them lately. And I think that part of some, like we saw blocking issues from him today. I think yeah. part of that is that's just what Miami does. Their whole thing on defense. The only thing they really do is they're going to break a whole bunch of different blitzes at you and right. try to get you to have miscommunications. And that's something the Patriots have struggled with as a whole this year. That's not just a Ramondre Stevenson thing. So he had one that he really blew badly in there. And I think right after that is when I saw you tweet about him. <laughs> um, yeah. And that was rough. He, I mean, he had some nice plays. I thought I thought he bounced back well after that. I thought he looked rough in the first half and in the second half. He made a couple of nice plays on the ground where yeah. he bounced back. And I think this is a – I mean, we'll see what the position looks like next year, but even for next week, 
getting Pierre Strong a little bit more involved might help. Damian Harris being there and back will help. Uh, we'll see if they use Kevin Harris at all. They did have Pierre Strong kind of in the Marcus Jones role in the offense with the orbit motions where they're just having him yeah. run around before the snap and do stuff. And maybe they're just hoping the defense sees somebody with the number five on his back and they think it's Marcus Jones <laughs> out there. But Pierre Strong is an athlete. So even if he isn't fully involved with that this week, maybe he is next week. Maybe they get him the ball in space. And if we want to look forward to next year, whoever is coaching this New England offense, I think that's absolutely within Pierre Strong's skill set and something they should try to use. I agree. I agree. Yeah, get it, get him involved a little bit more. I will say, and I, I kind of noticed it last week. He he reminds me a lot of Darren McFadden. Just the way he runs the ball, he looks like McFadden when he has the ball in his hands. Kind of mm-hmm. runs a little straight up. He's got that stocky kind of tallish build. Um, although stocky and tallish, I guess, are different. But uh, but nevertheless, he has that like kind of that tallish like athletic build. Um, reminds me a lot of Darren McFadden when he's running, but ne- nevertheless, I, I like um, that comparison. That's not what I heard before, but I get it. I definitely yeah. see it. Yeah. So, yeah. but you know, I mean, I, I thought I was, I'm concerned. It's just something to look out for. It's just something to look out yeah. for. They've, they've used Ramondre a ton this year. And so maybe some of it is, is, um, is that I'm not sure, but yeah. If now, if we want to talk about guys on offense, um, and their impact on the game, Tyquan Thornton, baby. See their right. best offensive player today. He's uh, up there. Just, he certainly might have been. He certainly might have been, and and that's where the speed matters so much. And I I said to you know watching the game, I said to my dad, I'm like, if they're gonna play press man without anyone over the top, you just run Tyquan Thornton deep. Just run him deep. Mm-hmm. You know, and he had that one play where Mac just threw it as far as he could, and Thornton Thornton had stopped. And you're like, bro, like, what are you doing? Just run, just run, yeah. stop, like, don't, stop but, stopping. T- to be fair on that one, and I will have to get the all twenty-two. I think there's a chance that was just a throwaway, and might have been pulling up because that because that was um, I think I was on a second down before the at the end of the half, and ended up running it on the next play, and that might have been one of those where he was double covered and wasn't open, and Mac was like, "I'm just going to get it close enough to him that we call this, and right. we can run it and go into the half." Right. Yeah. No, um, he, he might not be wrong about that. So I just think you know, and even like even the one. He made that nice jumping catch where he was wide open in the middle of the field, but he stopped. And I'm like, why not still running? You know, and I think Mac missed him, not missed him, but like didn't put it on him partly because he had stopped. Right. And if he, if he was still running or even jogging, he gets that ball. He might have scored with the speed that he has, you know? So, yeah. and, and again, that's one of those things that like, that's nitpicking because like he has that much speed that I, you know, I was happy to see that. I think again, you saw his ability to get open in the red zone again. Uh, he obviously had his touchdown and had the other touchdown where he just couldn't get that second foot down, but he made a really nice catch. Matt kind of put the ball in the only spot he could get it to. Kind of had to throw it behind where the where the defender was. Taekwon made a really nice play on it and just couldn't get the second foot down uh, and missed it by like you know an inch. And it's just like yeah. sometimes those things happen. But but uh, he looked really good today. Yeah, uh, I do another just a detail thing on, on Taekwon Thornton. I want to mention that I noticed in there, too, because uh, we've been talking about spacing and the details with the receivers and the issues there. There was a play early in the, the third quarter there where they threw it to Henry for a first down, just like an out route. And he got 10 yards um, and right in the middle of the field. And Taekwon Thornton's the outside receiver on that side. And he makes sure when he releases that he goes outside the corner 
because right. he has to, because that's what creates the space inside for Hunter Henry to open up. And that's one of those things that's like, it's just, it creates an extra yard or two of separation for right. the tight end. Just a little bit. And they put that, it's, for anybody who's ever like looked at a football playbook, there are situations where it's, um, it's like the the wide receiver where they'll be like, do whatever you need to do to get open, run this however you need to get open. There's other right. times where it's, you have to go this way because it's important for the rest of the stuff that goes on. Look at that Raiders Chiefs game earlier in the year with Devonte Adams running the wrong way where he goes outside instead of inside or whatever it was, screws up the timing of the whole thing and they run into each other. This isn't that extreme, but I was glad to see just even a little bit of progress there. And while we're talking about Hunter Henry, I thought he had a nice day too. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So I'm happy to see him back. Uh, Bill, what's up? Thanks for coming. Thanks for stopping by and ASJ as well. Thanks for coming through. Appreciate it. Um, You You know, know, no, you go, go ahead. ahead. No, no, go ahead. I was going to say, you know who didn't who, – Kendrick Bourne? I mean, I just – he has a good day last week, and he didn't get a screen. You have offensive line issues. You're playing against a team that likes to blitz, so you should be using screens in a game like this. Right. You should be trying to get it to guys in the open field who can create. And you don't throw right. a screen pass to Kendrick Bourne until there's 10 minutes left in the game. What are we doing? Oh, and then what happened? No, he picked up 15 yards on it. So, shockingly, everyone was shocked yeah. to see that. Yeah, and I will say, I think the Bourne showed game. a little bit of why he has not been on the field that much because he false started on like his second or third snap a day or whatever that was. Like we right. finally put him out there and a false start immediately. Yeah. So it is I get hard that. though. It's hard when he's not out there a ton, you know, and you can't get into a rhythm and you can't, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. So just, I think yeah. he's a guy who's going to make mistakes and you kind of just have to live with it. I'd right. rather have his mistakes than Aguilar's right now. I agree. I agree. And I will say, Mac. So Mac missed, was it Aguilar deep? Did he, did he miss Aguilar deep and Taekwon deep? Did he miss them both deep? I think, I think so, he, yes. he definitely missed Aguilar deep. Yeah. He might have missed Taekwon yeah. deep as well. My thing is this, and people are complaining about it at the game. And you know, My thing is, is very simple. You're not going to be perfect on those deep throws. You're just not. It's not going to happen unless you practice it consistently. You're not gonna, it's not going to be perfect. But additionally, if you only take three a game, it, what do you want? It, like, it's There's going to be games where you miss all three and games right. where you hit all three. Exactly. And so that's that's the stuff for me where, like, you know, is Tom Brady missing those? No, but Tom Brady is has been playing football since before Mac Jones is alive. He knows yeah. what the hell he's doing. Like, he's practiced yeah. that a billion times. Mac's yeah. getting it's, there. It's just not it's not all the way there yet, and that's okay. I thought Mac no. played well today. Well, I think the, big, the biggest issue with this team is because they can't execute on offense consistently enough to get – 15 yard plays when they want them right then that changes it cascades down the rest of the play calling so you can take five seven nine deep shots in a game if you want if you know oh we just did that on first and ten and we're in second and ten we're still going to get this first down anyway we, we feel good about it well okay. at this team the second they get to second and ten you're panicking yep very true very true, and that's the hard part, right? You get the second and ten, and you're running, a run, you're running up the middle for two yards, and then you're like, well, now it's third and eight, and we're definitely not going to pick it up. You know, it's just like it's so frustrating. So exactly, but I will and say, it's... I they've, I just thought they opened it up a little bit more today. I thought they yeah. let Mac throw it a little bit more. He was really dealing in the first half. I thought they got away from it a little bit, um, but like he made some really nice throws. His throw to Myers into triple coverage there was one of his best throws all year, um, and. Yeah. You know, I think the last eight games, he has eight touchdowns and one interception. Like, I don't know. What else do you want? Like, he's not turning the ball over, and he's throwing touchdown passes. It's not perfect. He's not, he, you know, he's not winning MVP or anything like that. But, like, it's looked pretty good. 
So, like, what else do you want? Yeah, he's. they're asking Mac to be a point guard back there, basically, right now, and right. keep it simple, and he's good at that. That's one of his strengths, and I think he's played well when they ask him to do that. It's The questions come from if he can do more than that, if he can level it up. But that he's always been good at. I was, I was glad to see them play into that. I thought they did that better than they did the first time against Miami. Yeah, I liked that they got Tyquan Thornton involved. They wanted to use him. They got plays to him. He had the best receiving day of anybody out there. He got another touchdown. And probably could have had even more big plays had they gone to him a little bit more. So I, I was pretty happy with that. I thought the play calling was mostly decent, too. Uh, that first drive was fantastic. That was yeah. amazing to watch. I would like to see more of that. And I don't know. I I look at that that last fourth down where they went for it. Yeah. And that to me sums up so much about this team this year, in that they finally did what we've all been asking for all year long. What if we said, go for it on fourth down, use right. pre-stat motion. Get it to your explosive players in space. And they do it. They run Tyquan Thornton on a motion to get him underneath for a fourth down. And he's the wide line open. blows it. The line right. blows it. Yeah. And, and he's wide open. He's yeah. wide and open. That's, yeah. And that's the issue right now is right. this is why if you wonder why like they don't go for it on fourth down in Green Bay. It's because what we just saw is probably what's been going on in practice when they try to run right. this stuff all season. No wonder they don't have faith in it. If that's what it's going to look like, I'd rather take a chance with a Marcus Jones return one of these times than right. with a play like that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, it's just so it makes it so difficult, you know, and it's so frustrating to not have that consistency. And, you know, that was yeah. on one of the, on the coaches. That's on all the coaches. And it starts with Bill. Right. Right. But, you know, the players also have to execute. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah. you know, and that's on one. That's on one. One of your better players. Um, and so, you know, it's it's. uh it's tough, you know, it's yeah, just, and it's, it's yeah. and you look at the, the Kendrick Bourne stuff. We can blame Matt Patricia all we want for that. Does anybody think that a personnel decision like that, that happens all season right. long is being determined by anybody other than Bill Belichick when he's having a bigger hand in this, but that's, if it is Matt Patricia has a personal beef with Kendrick Bourne and Bill is just knows and it's letting it happen. That's like, it's just that's no way. Worse. Yeah. Like that is, um, I mean, we're not going to fire Bill Belichick here, but that's the territory of Kraft has to have a real talk with him about whatever is going on. Here. Right. I think what's more likely is that Kendrick Bourne is a really inconsistent player who has been making the same mistakes in practice as everybody else. And mm. he's been doing a little bit more of it. So he's the guy down the depth chart and they want to develop Taekwon and Parker is a guy who fills a role for them in their offense. So he's going to see the field and Myers is probably their best all around receiver. And, all of a sudden, it's all right. Well, it's Bourne and Aguilar for playing time, and right. I don't think Aguilar is better, but I get why somebody would think he's better. Yeah, I think he he does more things. He doesn't he doesn't do them well. He makes mistakes, but he he right. does more. Yeah, I agree. I agree, and yeah, and he gives you that deep threat that that Bourne doesn't necessarily give you. I just think Mac is so comfortable throwing to, exactly. to Bourne. You know what I mean? That's that's the thing for yeah. me. So yeah, and I, I it's one of the things I understand why they're making the decision. I just think they're evaluating it wrong. And obviously, yeah. I'm on the outside looking in. Here no, of course, yeah, but still, but <laughs> I would because I'd play Bourne more, even if even if he is the fourth or fifth receiver on the depth chart. You can rotate it more. You can right. have you can give him every other series. You can get packages where he's the one out there. You can call plays for him. You can say we need a drive starter. All right, spring to Kendrick Bourne, and you're going to come out on the next play because we're not using you on the next one. But we right. want you for that one. Yeah. And they're yeah. just not really they're not really doing that. 
No, it's true. It's a good point. So we'll see. Yeah. Well, maybe. Well, I'd say maybe that'll be that'll increase, but they have one game left. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, not necessarily. Two. You're right. You're maybe right. Two, maybe, maybe three, maybe, maybe four. Hey, who knows? Yes, maybe that's true. Five. Season's not over yet. Um, defensively, I, I just think. So first of all, they can't play with the lead. It drives me insane. The end of the game, they're just like guaranteed going to give up a touchdown at the end. It drives me nuts because they give up, you know, they give up 10 yards on every play. It's, it drives me insane. But they have developed into this team that, you know, they have seven defensive touchdowns now, eight non-offensive touchdowns if you count the Marcus Jones punt return, which obviously you should. Um, you know, it's it's incredible. Kyle Duggar has three touchdowns this year. Three. He, he and Marcus Jones each have three touchdowns. And uh, right. yeah, Doug, Marcus has got one of each. Duggar's got all three on defense. That's right. insane. Yeah, which is, you know, it's impressive. And that's one of those things for me that, and this is now the second time in a few weeks now, the, the, the Vegas one that he had was awesome. He set Derek Carr up. He saw her coming. He picked it off, ran it back for touchdown. He did the same thing today. He set, he, he baited Bridgewater into throwing that pass. He knew where the ball was going. He saw it was going to be there. He made it look like the guy was open because as Bridgewater threw it, I'm like, that guy's wide open. And then Duggan came out of nowhere, seemingly picked it off and then juked out everyone. And, uh, and just absolutely just, I don't know what happened to Bridgewater. I assume it was when he tried to tackle Duggar, but yeah, he gave him a stiff arm to the moon. That was uh, revenge for Chandler Jones. Right. There. Exactly. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And that was, he almost did it again, like two plays later too. Yeah. Skylar Thompson comes in and hits a guy in an underneath route. Duggar read it the whole way, and if Thompson comes to that a second later, that's another pick six. Yep, he's yep. been. Duggar makes his bad plays, but his good plays are unbelievable. Right. I mean, I think he's got one more year left on his deal, and then he'll be up. So I think you got you got to be working on that extension this summer. He's a guy well, you're keep you're building around. And that's the thing to me. You know, you're not going to have. You don't have guys like Devin McCourty, and McCourty's made mistakes too, but McCourty, for the most part, doesn't make mistakes, which is great, and that it's important to have guys like that. But you have to have guys like Duggar. You have to because that's a guy that, yeah, he's going to take some chances. Yeah, he's going to you know, he's gonna make a bad play uh, when the Raiders are driving down, and instead of just knocking the ball away, try to pick it off. You don't need that. Like I, He's going to make plays like that sometimes. But then when he makes a play like that, you're like, holy crap, now we're back in it because of him, you know? And so you live with the bad plays because the good plays are so good, right? You don't always get that consistent play from every single player. So you need those guys that are, you know, that that are game-changing type of players. And Duggar has been that type of guy. And so, you know, I I just think I agree with you 100%. Like, get him locked up. Do it this offseason. Get him locked up. And by the way, the Patriots today passed the 0-1 Patriots for non-offensive touchdowns in a season. That group right. had seven of them for the regular right. season, not right. in the postseason. Yeah. So Patriots are up to eight now this year. I have that I right, mean, right? They have eight, yes. Yeah, yeah they have seven, seven defensive and then the Marcus. Look, man, the 0-1 Patriots team had something special, okay? They finished 11-5. and they, they, won, they got all the breaks. They won these crazy games. That team scored three, three, one, two, three offensive touchdowns in the playoffs. Three. Yeah. And three non-offensive. Three. Yeah. There right. was, they scored one touchdown in the first playoff game against the Raiders. That was a Tom Brady run. Yep. They scored three 
in the Pittsburgh one, and one was a punt return for a touchdown, one was a field goal blocked return for a touchdown, yep. and then two touchdowns in the yeah, Super Bowl, one, and, and one, one by the way, off. was was Drew Bloodsoe to David Patton. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, that was you know. the, the touchdowns that year where there was one Tom Brady passing touchdown, one Drew Bledsoe passing touchdown, and one Tom Brady rushing touchdown. That right. was the offensive output in the yeah. Owen thing. And that's the thing. You, you look at the games coming up. Realistically, any anything that happens here, any path for the Patriots, it's going to involve beating Buffalo first. Yep. There's ways for them to get in without beating Buffalo, which we can talk about. But you got to beat Buffalo. Yep. After that, you'd probably be playing what, Cincinnati. And if you were to get through them, you're going to play Kansas City. Right. Three elite quarterbacks in a row. If you're going to beat those, well, you'd want to have a defense like what the Patriots have. If you want to play with teams like that, you want a defense that can score points. Josh Allen will take chances. Chances. Burrow will take chances. Mahomes right. will take chances. There's going to be opportunities there in all likelihood if they can if they can jump on them. I think this defense is, when healthy, better than the defense we saw last year. And um, I want to talk about some other stuff from today's game before we look forward, but they didn't have Christian Barmore when they played Buffalo the last time. And he looked right. really good today and an interior presence in a game like this. Also, Mac Wilson has been essentially erased from the team since yeah. he couldn't yeah. push Josh Allen out of bounds or tackle him on that touchdown. <laughs> yeah. Haven't seen him since he That's might true. be in Siberia somewhere. <laughs> so uh, things have changed there. Patriots offensive line is also healthier and, if yeah. the rest of the team gets a little bit healthier this week, hopefully some of these concussions and or aren't as bad. And some of these guys are all right. Like this is, you never know what's going to happen. You got a defense that can score like that. That can change a lot in a game that can cause 14 point swings. Uh, as a Michigan fan, I can tell you right now how much it hurts oh, when you go against a defense that can score points. Yeah. Right. And that's, and honestly, it just comes down to, you know, if you're looking at it from the outside, I mean, look, the chances of, of the Patriots making a realistic run is is minuscule. However, when you have a defense like they have, where they are opportunistic, where they where they don't just force turnovers, they turn those into points. That changes things, you know. And I think, you know, the big one for me is like you mentioned Barmore. I thought Barmore had a great game today. He had, you know, he had a bunch of pressures. The, the Bridgewater touchdown to Mostert, he was all over him, and he just, you know, he just couldn't wrap him up before he got rid of it, and he mm-hmm. just really shoveled past it to him. Um, but you know, he had he had a sack, he had another one where Carl Davis just had a wicked swim move um, and got right in there. Carl Davis, and uh, he was that that was a hell of a play by Carl Davis, and then you know, and Barmore kept him in, right? Yeah. He tried to escape, and and Barmore kept him in, and and Davis ends up getting the sack, but. But that's that's the stuff to me that I just man like watching that team. I'm just I'm just thinking like we have a shot. You have a chance yep. to play with anybody when you have that type of talent on the defensive side of the football. You have an opportunity to play with anyone. Now it doesn't mean you can beat anyone, but you have an, a chance to beat anyone. And you know, okay, maybe you lose, maybe you don't. Who knows, right? But I think that the offense has been playing better not good but they've been playing better than they were they're not turning the ball over as much as they were that's good yeah. right and, and the defense has yeah. been playing well and so who knows yeah. and i mean look at the cincinnati game quite frankly patriots got outplayed against the bengals and it wasn't that close for most of the game right but a defensive score gave them a chance 
they have a weird batted pass touchdown because it's football and weird right. things happen and you get yep. into the end zone. And the next thing you know, you're or month, like they don't fumble that there's a good chance they come away from that game with a win. Right. So uh, before we stray too far from this though, because we were talking about Kyle Duggar and the safety situation. Yeah. You got to lock him up because this might be it for Devin McCourty and Matthew Slater, who may have both just played their last home games in new England, which is wild to think about. Those yeah. are, to me, two of the mainstays of the the second half of the Patriots dynasty. And the fact that we're getting so far into this, like not only is it, oh, Tom Brady's gone and Richard Seymour is not there anymore. And all those, Deion Branch is gone. It's not that anymore. It's Edelman's been retired now and could be McCordy and Slater and all those right. guys. And uh, it's just time flies. It sure does. It sure does. And, you know, they both had kind of, not great days. McCordy was fine, but like that in that dropped interception. That drop. It was just what made it worse is that he tripped over himself as he was. It's just like, oh god, dude. Like, what was that? You know? Um, it wasn't it wasn't an easy play. It was almost like catching a punt. Uh, but like he's got to make that play. And then yeah. you know, Slater had two times where the ball was inside the 10-yard line. One of them I got, one of them I understood because the ball popped up in the air and he couldn't get there before it hit the ground again. So you really have to wait for it to hit the ground again, because if you dive at it and it bounces back towards you, you're going to knock it into the end zone, but it took a short hop into the end zone. There's nothing they could do about it. The other one, the ball's kind of bouncing. He has a chance at it and he, he just missed. He kind of missed it. It was a tough play, but you'd like to see him try to, you'd like to see him make that play. I feel like the old Matthew Slater makes that play or the young Matthew Slater maybe makes that play. But, you know, it's one of those things for me that, like, those two guys, you talk about what it means to be a Patriots player, right? And I, I still remember 2011 when McCourty was going through all the crap that he was going through, you know, and was playing terrible, basically. Mm-hmm. And everyone said, you know, this guy sucks and, and this and that. And, you know, they have they finish a game and they're coming to the locker room and Belichick, you know, gives him a hug and he's like, you can play for me any day. Because... Because that's the type of player that he is, not just on the field, but in the locker room as well. He is that. That's the guy they're looking for. Matthew Slater's unbelievable. I don't think I've ever seen a guy, you know, I, I guess uh, handle himself and and you know, um, be the way that Matthew Slater is. He just he's an he, unbelievable guy. You know, he needs to be a Hall of Famer, as far as I'm concerned. I agree. There is there is not a player who I think has been as dedicated to their craft when it comes to it being some kind of a niche in sports as what Matthew Slater does. Right. Like he, he basically created, he didn't create his own position, but he, he doesn't need a coach. Like he is essentially the coach of that unit in a lot of ways when it's training camp, he goes on the side and like where sometimes special teamers are going to be, all right, well, we're going to go work with the offense now because I'm technically a receiver. Slater's just, no, I'm going to go work on dummies for 45 minutes straight with, release packages of how I can get off the line of scrimmage as a gunner. Like yeah. it's absurd. And he has guys following him there too. I, I don't know if he'd be a coach. Part of me doubts he ever would. I feel like once, once he leaves football, he might be done with football. I think so too. Yeah. Um, which I credit to him. If that's like right. whatever works for him, he can yeah. do whatever he wants as far as I'm right. concerned. Right. But uh, he's just awesome. And Devin McCourty, awesome, awesome human being. He and his brother both. I'm sure if he wants a career in the media after this, he'll have it. 
I oh. can't see a guy like him going into coaching either. I think he's no. he's, made, he's made a lot of money in this. Day. And it's too much. It's too much of a like you know. And I remember they asked Vince about you know coaching, and Vince was like, "What are you nuts? I would never do that. Like they work way more than than the players do." He's like, "There's no shot for, you know? for so, less money, <laughs> right? For a lot less money." So that's you know, yeah. But I, I just think both those guys consummate patriots when you think about you know who a patriot is and what a patriot is those two guys are are what come to mind and so losing both of them in the same offseason would be would be a tough blow you know now you have yeah, to the culture Schooler, especially and that's the big thing the, that's you know the on-field play is one thing but to lose the culture of those two guys in the same offseason would be would be tough be you tough. know yeah. yeah i do wonder if uh we'd see jersey retirements for one or both of them highly unlikely highly i, I, I could see it i can see it from mccordy yeah it maybe maybe he's been in new england for a while and i will say they're both going to get a red jacket i mean slater has been in new england for longer than longer than mccordy has slater got drafted in 08 yeah. mccordy drafted yeah. in, in 2010 right so um but they're 100 percent. they're both gonna get a red jacket and i think I think you can make an argument for both of them making the Hall of Fame. I think McCourty was, you know, was a Pro Bowl level safety for ten years, like you know, yeah. and and won three Led Super Bowls. Some truly elite defenses in there and made great yeah. plays. And it's, I don't know if he's going to be a Pro Bowler. I'd love to see him in there. I think he's one of the best safeties of the last decade. I think he. Yeah. He, the issue is that a lot of it's not a lot of safeties that make it in. And right. he played in an era of some really, really good safeties. And that's going to make it, that's well, going to make it tough for him. Cause he didn't, he also got, he had a tough time getting some of the awards. Cause it's like, yeah, he probably wasn't as good as like an Earl Thomas in Correct. his prime or an Eric Berry in his prime or Eric Weddle in his prime. But he brought like 90, 90 to 95% of that every single year. And was like kind of always like the third or fourth best safety in the league. It felt like. Right. Right. And, and part of the problem is that, he just doesn't have the counting numbers. He's only been to two Pro Bowls. He was a three-time exactly. second-team All-Pro. He, you know, only finished his career with three sacks, 34, 34 interceptions. But, like, you know, he just doesn't have the numbers that some of these those, other guys have, you know? And those two Pro Bowls, one of those was as a corner in 2010, right? Right, yeah. He only has one one Pro Bowl as a safety, right. which is ridiculous. How did we let that happen? This guy is... Much, well, I mean, much better than that. The fact that he makes a second team all pro as a safety in 2013 and doesn't get you know Pro Bowl nod is, is ridiculous, you know. So that's just yeah, yeah it's he just might, one of those things, you know. But again, he, he doesn't have be, the counting numbers. He might be first team Hall of Very Good. Right. Right. I agree. I agree. Which is unfortunate. And there's yeah. he's not the only not the only member of Patriots defense that's gonna end up there. That is correct. a lot of guys who fall in that category, unfortunately. That, that is correct, yeah, unfortunately. So, um, yeah. all right, let's get into let let's talk about let's talk about next week because I think that the, it, it's fascinating to take a look at this. So the standings are an absolute mess. The standings are complete. Yeah, we were we were just by the way we were trying to work this out before the show. The reason we didn't come on as early as we did is we spent about fifteen minutes trying to figure out what the schedule is going to look like yes. next week and what the NFL is going to do. <laughs> I mean, it's just, and and honestly, you said it before, like, I don't want to be the guy that has to make the decision because I have no idea what the hell I'm going to do, nope. you know, no, no clue. Shit. And so now the Steelers and Ravens game, this, right now, nine, the Steelers just kicked the field goal, they're down 13-9. So it's close. If the Steelers lose tonight, 
They dropped a seven and nine. And I believe they're out. I, I'm pretty sure they're yeah. out of the playoffs. Yeah, yeah I can. Okay. Yeah, the, the Steelers are out with a loss. Right. That is for they sure. The Raiders are already out with their. Yeah. Yeah. So Steelers with any loss are out. Jets got eliminated today. Raiders got eliminated today with their losses. Right. So here's who you have you have the Jaguars, who are eight and eight, the Titans, who are seven and nine. They play next week. That is to decide the AFC South. However, one of those teams, well, the Titans, the Titans lose their out. But if the Jaguars lose, I believe they have a chance to get in if everyone else loses and they finish eight and nine. I believe, although I might be wrong with that. Is that right? So, yeah, I think think if the Jaguars lose and the Patriots lose and the Dolphins lose and the Steelers lose at least once, the Jaguars would get in. Let me let me run that simulation real quick just to make just to confirm that. Okay. All right. The Patriots have the the Patriots have the clearest path. Win and they're in. They're the only team in the AFC that just has to win and they get in. Everyone else needs something else. Okay. Yeah. So if um what do you call it? Yeah, if the Patriots, the Dolphins, and the Steelers all have losses here, then actually if that all happens, then the Jaguars clinch a playoff spot. Does not matter what happens. That actually throws a whole wrench into the scheduling thing we were talking about because I think Jags Titans is going to end up being the Sunday night game, but there's a chance we get to that game with the Jaguars already having a spot in the playoffs. Right. Right. And if that's uh, the case, which, then then it doesn't matter. Not that it doesn't well, it matter. Does. I mean, obviously they does, can knock like, out the Titans and right. uh then it matters a lot to the Patriots in that Correct. situation. Because if everybody else loses and the Jaguars win, yeah, Patriots are in at eight and nine. Right. If yeah. Uh, and I'm obviously for the Jaguars, that matters a lot too, because the difference between being a seven seed and going to Cincinnati and being the four seed there with a the win and hosting a team is pretty big. Correct. Uh, correct. And so that's, so that's really where we're at right now. The bills are playing tomorrow night against the Bengals. If the bills beat the Bengals, they'll be 13 three tied with the chiefs. And then it's a, it's a two man race for, for the number one seed. I believe who has the number one seed if the Bills win tomorrow? Uh, if the Bills win tomorrow, let me let me do this quick. I'm using but I'm using 538s thing right now just for the playoff odds. Um, well, if they both yeah. finish. Let's just say they both finish 14 and three. I think it's the yeah. it's the Chiefs, is it not? If the Bills win out, they have the one seed. They have the one seed. Okay. All right. Yeah. So then there you go. Because so the they Bills- have the tiebreaker over Kansas City. Oh, because they beat Kansas City earlier. Do they beat Kansas City? Yes. Okay. Yes. So there you go. Okay. So, so this is and this is where everything gets super convoluted because what the Chiefs, the Bills beat the Chiefs, the Bengals beat the Chiefs, and um, the Bills and the Bengals play each other, but the Chiefs basically have not lost outside of those two games. Right. While the Bills and the Bengals have both had a couple losses in there. Right, right, exactly. Yeah. So it's conceivable the Bills could drop to the three seed. If they lose tomorrow night against the Bengals, so it's it's a whole. I, I'd say even mess. even likely, I'd go as far to say because the Bills would be the three seed in that situation, no matter what would happen on Sunday. Well, I think the Bengals, if basically if the Bengals the, lost the next week. Yes, then the exactly. Team, obviously, then it's the the Bengals would get Baltimore home, a Baltimore team that's very injured right now. We'll have to see if Lamar Jackson even plays, and the other right. the other game is Kansas City at Las Vegas, and. I don't think I don't think Kansas City's losing that one. So no. 
with with that happening, it basically the Bills are almost certainly a three seed. And in a situation where the Patriots make the playoffs and the Bills lose to the Bengals, the Bills would be the three seed, and the Patriots would likely be playing the Bengals as the two. Right, right. And so, you know, so we'll see what happens. But there's a whole mess. And and so next weekend's games, it, uh, no one's decided yet. There's two games on Saturday. There's a four thirty game and a eight o'clock game. Seven thirty, eight. I think it's an eight o'clock game on Saturday. And then there's a full slate of games on Sunday. No game on Monday night. There's no Monday night game. There's no Thursday night game the last week of the season. So no Thursday night, no Monday night, two games on Saturday, and then a full slate on Sunday. I don't know what the hell they're going to do. Because the problem is is that you say, okay, well, the Bills-Patriots game doesn't really – oh, no, no, wait, it doesn't matter. Well, the Dolphins-Chess game is – no, that game matters too. Okay, well, the Chiefs rated eh, – no, that game kind of matters too. Like – the Bengals Ravens, they all of them matter. The Jaguars Titans, they all matter. Like they're, they're all connected. So you right. like, yeah. And then you flip over to the NFC, and it's even more convoluted yes. in the NFC yes. because you got the Eagles, Giants, you got the Cowboys and the Commanders. The Cowboys have a chance to get to the one seed. Maybe the Eagles could be the one seed. The 49ers could theoretically get to the one seed, possibly, right? Like, and so you now you start sitting and saying, like, okay, well, now who's the Vikings are, you know, the Packers and Lions are playing, and it's like, who's going to get in there? But the Lions need help, and the Packers. It's like, it's a complete mess. It's a complete mess. Are and there so- any games next week that have like a fun draft storyline that we can put out there? Like, which, by the way, Houston, if Houston loses, they have the number one overall pick. They play at Indy. Okay, so there you go. Yeah, does Indy yeah, get the number one pick if they lose? No, it's between no, Houston right? and Chicago for the number in one pick. Chicago. Which can we talk about for a second right now? The Chicago Bears may have given up a pick as high as the number 33 or number 32, number 33 pick in the draft for Chase Claypool this year. That's right. They treated their second round pick, right? Their second oh, round pick. Lord. And the Dolphins forfeited their first. There's only 31 first rounders. So that okay. Bears pick, they're locked into picking in the top four. So it will be <laughs> at worst pick 35. They just gave up for Chase Claypool. That is just that's mind-boggling to me. Also, uh, everyone out there should be thanking Tom Brady once again. Uh, Tom Brady with his win, the Bucks clinched the uh, the NFC South, but also knocked the Panthers down to six and ten, which likely gives them a top ten pick in the NFL draft. Of course, the Patriots have the Panthers' third round pick, um, and so what's interesting about that is that if the Panthers had won this weekend they would have still had a shot at the NFC South crown. Uh, they're playing the Saints next week. They would have shot at the NFC South crown if they beat the Saints. Mm-hmm. Um, now they're out, out of the playoff contention. They're playing the Saints next weekend. It's likely that they lose. And if they do, now they finish 6-11, and they, they're essentially guaranteed a top 10 pick. I believe right now there's nine teams. This is how crazy the league is. There's nine teams with under seven wins right now. Nine. It means all the other teams have seven wins. And right now there is there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, uh, ten, eleven, twelve, and it's gonna be thirteen. There's thirteen teams, regardless of what happens in the Steelers game, there's thirteen teams that are either seven and nine or eight and eight. Thirteen. And so it's like it's insane. There's just a huge cluster in the middle of all these like weird 
crappy, but like not so crappy teams right in the middle that just keep beating each other, but can't beat anyone good. It's, it's ridiculous. And here's the thing. At least one of these teams is winning a playoff game. It's right. going to happen. That's just how this whole thing works. Yeah. And because football is a weird, weird sport and it's all situationally dependent and one play can change everything and teams trend in other directions. I think the Packers are a much better team right now than they were earlier in the season. They're a team that if they get in, they get in. I mean, there's a shot that Packers Vikings game. We just saw, we get again in the wild card round. Right. So obviously that's one of those matchups. It's like, all right, I mean, that's a seven against the two, but the seven might be favored. Like that's, that's where we're at five versus four in the NFC. Uh, I know the Bucks aren't going to be favored against whoever they're playing, but if they play Dallas, they beat Dallas earlier this year. They beat them week one. It's a very different Tampa team now, but we've already right. seen this is a Tampa team that can beat Dallas. Whatever ends up happening uh, in the AFC, who's the five seed going to be in the AFC? Uh, it, it's going to be AFC North loser, right? Yes, I believe. Uh, so, yes. So the yeah, Bengals so are the be, Ravens. But the Ravens, if they don't have Lamar, like. You tell me, like. Jacksonville can beat uh, Baltimore. It it could be the Chargers. Could be the Chargers too. It can be okay. Jacksonville crushed them earlier this year. Yeah. So I mean that can absolutely happen. Yeah, that's we're looking at a possibility of um, three matchups here for the seven-two or the five-four, where the kind of projected underdog, by popular opinion, beat the other team earlier this season. And there's a world the Patriots get in as the seven because they beat the Bills and face the Bills again. So you might have a situation where kind of all four of these matchups, people are saying, how do they get in? We don't like this team. All four of those teams may have a win against the team that they're playing. Right, right, which is crazy. And that's the that's some of the stuff for me that I'm like, it's it just blows you, it blows your mind. And like Tampa, Tampa and I, I think more so Green Bay. So Green Bay now, they win and they're in. They play in Detroit. Obviously, everyone wants to see Detroit make the playoffs. Like, it's Detroit. It'd be amazing if Detroit made the playoffs. Maybe and it's going to be even crazier to see them make the playoffs, and then that'll make the story better when they sign Tom Brady. That's playoffs. a great point. That's a good point. So if they don't make the playoffs, uh, it could be even better for them. They get a better draft pick this year and then, you know, stock up with Tom Brady next year. But, um, but you know, the pa- if the Packers get in, their defense is good. They have a good defense. And they have a defense similar to the Patriots where they don't just make plays – they turn those plays into points, mm-hmm. right? And so, like, if they get in and they're, like, the seven seed, I don't know. Like, who knows? Now, I mean, I know that the, you know, the the Niners could be the two seed. If the Niners are the two seed, I don't think they're going to beat the Niners. But they could definitely beat the Vikings. They just killed the Vikings, well, and I wouldn't be surprised I, if they didn't beat the Vikings again. And don't say, I mean, if they play the Niners here, let's right. not forget this is a Niners team that just almost lost to Jared Stidham and the Raiders today. Right, you're, right. you're telling me that Aaron Rodgers can't beat that team? Yep. Is it likely? Probably not. But I mean, what's crazy is that two quarterbacks, by the way, a little shout out to Spags here, two quarterbacks this year have thrown for three touchdowns or more against the San Francisco 49ers. That would be Patrick Mahomes and Jared Stidham. <laughs> <laughs> just outrageous. He was balling today. He was balling uh, today. He was. He was. I, did, I, have to, I didn't get to see a lot of that game. I'll have to go back and rewatch some it of the ended, highlights. It exciting. ended poorly, of course, um, but Devontae Adams was, was on another level. Um, Darren Waller was balling out finally. Like, you know, mm-hmm. it's just 
all yeah. that stuff where it's like fantasy wise. I'm like, God damn it. I bought into Darren Waller so hard this year and he got hurt and just missed the entire season. And the last few games he's been the good. And I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> like, yeah. My team. Yeah, that sucks, puts man. them at, that puts them in a tough spot this off season. Cause he does not have a great contract right now. I'm right. not sure what they're going to end up doing with that. But again, it's, it's, it's reliability. It's the fact that he's just not reliable. He's always hurt. He just, he can't stay healthy. And so like, to me, I, you know, yeah. I try to move on from him if I could. As they, they got to move on from Derek Carr. So, yeah. Um, by the way, when we're so when we're talking about all these situations, so the Patriots win and they're in, they can lose and still get in here, and it isn't crazy. Right. So based based on what would need to happen right now, item number one, since it's currently going on, Steelers need to lose a game. They're currently losing to Baltimore. They lose that game, they're out of contention here. Correct. What that then means is Patriots need a New York Jets win in Miami. And that game is probably going to be at the same time as the Patriots game. So it's going to be all going on at once. And uh, the Jacksonville win in the AFC South. So you don't have to deal with a tiebreaker there with Jacksonville. Or I don't know. That wouldn't even. It would be a tiebreaker there. So that's all it takes. Do you know what happened the first time that the Jets and Dolphins played this year? The Jets crushed them, didn't they? 40 to 17. And not only not only that, that was with Zach Wilson at yep. quarterback. That right. was the Zach Wilson led Jets. And that was uh the Miami team that had Skyler Thompson playing most of the day. Right. We'll see what the quarterback situation looks like next week, but that's a real possibility. Yep. And I mean, if Miami loses that one, like it's look at this, and it's one score holds in that Miami game. Or sorry, the Pittsburgh game right now. Right. Miami continues to free fall which they really have not looked good. And the Jets have a good defense that I think can really hold them down, depending on the quarterback. Yep. And the only other thing then is a, a Jacksonville team beating a Tennessee team that I think we all think Jacksonville's better than Tennessee right now. The way they're playing, I, I have to think they would be favored yeah, in I mean, that one. Tannehill says he wants to come back and play, but in all likelihood, it's not going to be Tannehill. It's going to be what Webb? Who the hell was the guy that played last week for them? There's, there's Joshua an Dobbs. Josh Dobbs. That's it. Right. And that's at Jacksonville. So right. there's, I mean, this is not, I, I, do I want this team backing into the playoffs? I, that's that's a whole other question. Right. But it's, to me, it almost seems likely that, I don't know, likely, but maybe the most likely outcome here, one of the one of the likely outcomes is that they get in anyway. I would say that's, of what happens. It, it seems to be the most likely outcome, right? It, it, the problem is you're relying on the Jets to win. Right. Like that's and they have nothing to play for right now. They're right. we might and I wonder if we see Zach Wilson again because of that. They might say we've seen a lot of Mike White. We want to get one more game of Zach Wilson now. The playoffs are out, see what he looks like. Right. Right, which is possible. But then again, like if you're the Jets, then you beat the Dolphins and they're out of the playoffs because you beat them. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like so and it's that's, and I, I'll tell you this much, even if it's not going to happen now because Kansas City won today. If there was a scenario where the Bills could have locked up the one seed today and arrested starters against the Patriots. Yeah. There's a part of me that questioned if they were even going to do that. Like uh, the Bills hate the Patriots, and right. they they were going to bring their A game in this one. I think no matter what. I think depending on timing here, so if the Bills lose Monday night, and all of these games are at the same time next week, then there's a chance where it's like, oh, it's halftime. And Kansas City is crushing the Raiders. And Cincinnati's up by a little bit on the Ravens. The Bills are going to say, all right, well, if those two teams win. We're locked into the three seed no matter what happens. Uh, it's halftime. We'll give you guys a break. 
Like, what's the we're locked into something, and we're gonna right. we're not gonna send you guys back out there now. I don't think that's likely, given Sean McDermott and how they like to play. I don't think they're ever gonna take their foot off the gas against New England, given yeah. what happened over the last two decades. But uh, I don't think we can entirely rule that out either. Right. Right. I agree. I agree. So it's you know, I think that you're gonna have to. I don't know. You're gonna have to try to contend with the with the with the Bills, and you might get blown out. You absolutely might get blown out. Um, but I don't know. You never know. You never know. And so you, you at least give yourself a chance. You give yourself a chance. Yep. And, and that's if, all you can ask we, for. You know? And if if I told you on uh, what do you call it January whatever last year after that playoff game in Buffalo that you're gonna have a chance 51 weeks later to go back up to Buffalo and if you win that game you're in the playoffs. I think we'd all say, all right, well, let's let's see. We're up for the challenge. And it's a good Bills defense, and they played well. But I think the biggest issue the Patriots had the first time when they played was that the offensive line couldn't block anything, and that was with Connor McDermott when he was, like, first playing for the team and Trent Brown playing through an illness. Both of the – McDermott's playing better now. Yeah. Trent Brown is no longer sick. So you're, you should get better play from those two. And your biggest problem on defense was you got them into the positions you wanted and you couldn't make the plays. Well, if you do that again, maybe the plays go differently this time. Maybe yeah. Jonathan Jones stays with his receiver in the end zone. Maybe they finish the sack. Maybe Walmart makes one play. Maybe they get a defensive touchdown. It's, it's not likely, but crazier awesome. things right. have happened and do happen every single year. The Saints right. beat the Eagles today in Philadelphia. Right. That's not a good Saints team. No, it is not. No, it is not. And so that's, you know, so you kind of go back and forth. And, and that's and that's one of the reasons why it's like, I, you know, last week was kind of like, ah, whatever. I don't care if they lose, if they win, it doesn't matter. But it's like, I always want them to win. I'm like, what am I going to do? Not root for them. Of course, I'm going to root for them to win. And then now they're here and it's like, well, maybe you never know, you know? So mm-hmm. it's, you give yourself a chance. If you're there, you at least give yourself a chance. Um, and I think that that's all you can really ask for. And so, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. You know, now the Steelers um, have the ball with about four minutes left to go. Just starting, just starting at the twenty yard line. Still down four, so they have a chance to win. Um, yeah. But you know, it's I don't know. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens, yeah. and, and then by tonight, you could look at it and say, "All right, well, if the Steelers lose now, all the Patriots need is you know this, this, and this to happen. So and three, if that happens, yeah. then we're good." You know, Steelers lose, then it is a three team race for that seed. Right. Exactly. Patriots, Jaguars, and Dolphins. I will say one other thing here, which I thought was kind of crazy when you look at it. Uh, for anybody that knows, Ben Baldwin is the guy who has the the expected points added website, which is like all the, the the fancy metrics and stuff. And he divides the teams into tiers, so you can look at it. The Patriots are in the third tier right now. They have the second most productive defense in the NFL behind the 49ers. Look at that. So this this week will be a big test for them. We're going to see how well they actually handle it against Buffalo since they were up and down in the first game. But even with the offense not being great, they're still a borderline top 10 team in the league, according to this. And part right. of that's, you know, what happens in blowouts and all that stuff. But again, for, for as rough as things have looked for the Patriots this year, like look at the other teams. Half of football is not beating yourself. And this team is beating itself more than you would like to see. Look at the Dolphins right now. Right. Look at how much they have beaten themselves this year. The, the Lions and the Seahawks and the Giants have all had real rough times. I, I think the Patriots are as good as any of those. Patriots killed the Lions earlier this year. 
Patriots yeah. split with the Dolphins, who are right around where they are in this one. Um, they're, well, and they're well ahead of the team like the Jets. They're not that far off from where like the Bucks are right now. Right, right. And I just think, you know, I think as a Patriots fan, you know, if you put yourself in the shoes of, you know, some other fan bases, the Dolphins is a perfect example. The Dolphins were 8-3. and three. They were cruising along. People were talking about them. Oh, there's a new king in the East and blah, 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 and all this stuff. And they've lost five in a row. Five in a row. Now, I know two has been hurt for some of it. I know things have happened, but, like, they're spiraling out of control right now. And, you know, they came in against a beatable Patriots team. They couldn't really get much going offensively. And I know you have Teddy Bridgewater back there, but like you would like to think that your genius off, you know, your genius offensive coordinator head coach could design something up against, you know, they're going to be running zone the whole game. There's going to be guys open in the zone. Just get the, get the ball to your fast guys. It's not complicated. You know, and they, and they refused to do that today. It was bizarre. And so now I'm I'm a Dolphins fan looking at this saying, are you kidding me? We're eight and eight, and we might miss the freaking playoffs if we lose to the Jets. <laughs> like, what the hell? You know, like, and it's just like, you know, and do I have any confidence as a as as a Dolphins fan? Do I have any confidence going into that game against the Jets? Zero. I have zero confidence going into that game. Yeah. You know, and, and so like you finish your you finish your season on a six-game losing streak, and now you're like, what the hell? And Tua, I mean, listen, whatever. Troy Aikman retired with 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 three with three concussions in his career. Now I know I know people. Troy Aikman had a hell of a lot more than three concussions. Okay, but he had three documented concussions in his career. Tua has three documented concussions this year, and so like you start to wonder, like, man, is that how much longer can he play? You know, taking shots like that, and and how much longer is it is it going to be okay for him? That's the hard yeah. stuff, you know. Yeah, and I hope he's okay. And regardless of what happens with him, I think Miami is probably looking in another direction there, quarterback this offseason. Right. Yeah, I mean, I haven't been that. Tua has great numbers, but I think most of that is beating up on bad teams plus a couple of really good quarters in there. I don't think he's bad. I think he's middle of the road. And I think the Dol- the Dolphins probably want somebody better if they can get him. So we'll see what Miami ends up doing. Um, but, yeah, it's – you know, and you can't count the Patriots out right now. Because right. is there there is not a coach in maybe in the history of football who's as good as Bill Belichick at d- developing a single game defensive game plan, which is what the Patriots are going to need a couple of those here. But this is a pl- playoff start this week for the Patriots. Essentially, this is a playoff game. You got to treat it that way. Right. And so you're you're going to div- you're going to have a, a game plan for this one. Their game plan I think has been was mostly good the first time. They're probably going to do a lot of the same and mix things up and try to keep Josh Allen on his toes and do all that. So there's no, no, I think the defense can keep them in games. I don't think we're going to, I don't think this is going to be like last year's game in Buffalo where you just get mollywopped and don't get a stop the whole game. And what that means is your offense is always one big play away. And the offense has not been good this year. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. It just has not been. But an offense can come together for a game. I feel better about an offense coming together for one game or one series or one quarter than I do about a defense doing it. Correct. And especially with the talent they have on the offense. Because the issue has been communication, not talent for this team. Well, and all I'm it takes is it. one good week of practice where things come together, where something clicks and you execute a game plan. Right. Where you do it for two drives in a game. Your defense gets you a score. And 
maybe all of a sudden you're up 21 to seven in one of these games because you get a couple lucky plays and you actually get a couple things really well, better than you have all year. And now you're playing with the lead for 40 minutes and you get to play in the position you want to play and you get to right. rush the passer and look for picks, be opportunistic. And yeah. It's not like yeah. Patriots it's, might lose next week and this is all going to be over. And that's probably the most likely outcome here. Right. But we cannot count anything out. Don't give up on this team. Yeah. Correct. I agree. I agree. So it's good. I like it. All right, let's get out of here. It's we've been here over an hour. Um, lots of lots of things oh. to take in. We're not sure if it's going to be Saturday or Sunday. What happened? Is is Pittsburgh down into Baltimore territory here? I think they are. Um, one, uh, the game cast is not loading for me, and I'm not going to try to stream a game while we're also doing this. That's not going to work. Second and six of the Baltimore eighteen, just under two minutes left to go. Yeah, it looks like they just got down. Wow. So, we're gonna uh, turn to that one. And if you're listening to this in the podcast feed, yeah, you <laughs> know what happened. Morning. You yeah, already know what happened if you're listening dumb. to the podcast. But uh, but nevertheless, you know it's it's yeah. kind of an exciting game. So we'll see what who happens. Did, we're not who gonna does stick the Steelers out, play? The Steelers play the Browns next week, correct? Steelers play the Browns. Ravens play the the uh, Bengals. Right. Yep. So I need the Steelers to lose this one because I don't know if I can bring myself to root for Deshaun Watson. <laughs> I, and no, no, and, and and even if you did. Like that's that's yeah. not going to happen. So and I think what we said this whole time: if if the Patriots are good enough to beat the Bills, then they're a good enough team to compete in the playoffs. Right. Just do that. Just do right. that. Because if you lose that game, you're probably not good enough to compete, and I'll take the draft pick. Yeah, exactly. I agree. And so, and we'll but we'll see. But you never know because you, you know, know even if they lose, there's still an opportunity for them still even if they lose to get in the playoffs. So, um, so we will see what happens. All right. Let's get out of here so we can uh, we can watch the end of this game. Uh, yeah, now it's third and one at the Baltimore thirteen. Whew. Now Baltimore's calling timeouts. Like this is wildness. So we'll see. Time we'll to go see turn what that on. Pittsburgh. Yep. You know. So, but anyways, thanks for tuning in, guys. We appreciate it, and we'll be back midweek. Um, again, no, we don't know for sure when the game is going to be. I'm assuming the game Sunday is going to be on Sunday. Sounds the most likely that it'll be either one or four on Sunday, but. Who knows? Who who really knows exactly what's gonna what it's gonna be? But it seems and like weather forecast. Weather forecast for Buffalo is just thirties and clear. No, oh, no funky nice. business. That's nice. Very nice. So I like that a lot. So all right, guys. I, well, I would have preferred some snow to be honest with you, but I'll take it. Yeah, for them, that's true. Yeah, slow them down a little bit, but that's okay. We'll have Marcus Jones back next week, hopefully, and and he'll be able to keep pace. With Get healthy. Get so, healthy. Yep, I agree. So Jalen Mills should be back. Should be back. It was almost back today. Wasn't Hopefully Devontae Parker too. You get Marcus yeah. Jones. Jonathan Jones is healthy. You get Jalen Mills back, and you get Devontae Parker. Remember when they went up to Buffalo in the playoffs last year? What people forget is Jalen Mills had COVID and couldn't play in that game, and they had right. Devontae Bosby out there. Yeah. So, like this is yeah, uh, not good. Not it good. should go. That's a big reason why the reason that Miles Bryant kept getting toasted because they had no other options to put out there. Right. Right. That's true. So yeah. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in, guys. We appreciate it, and we'll uh, we'll talk to you midweek. Take care, guys.